everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Black Case Diaries podcast. Yeah. I'm Robin. I'm here with... Adam. And Marcy. Hey, guys. Welcome back. Hey. hey. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And, and me. <laughs> having us. That's what I should have said. So yeah, last... don't make it all about you. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Last week, we talked about movie musicals the first 50 years. Mm-hmm. We started in 1927 and we ended in the, the late 1970s. And this year, we're doing musicals part two. Hooray! Yes, this is our third episode in the month of June tunes. The jam and June tunes. Yeah. That's right. This is our third episode about music this month. We're going to have one more after this, and then we'll be back in July where, you know. Things will go back to normal. Anything now. goes, yeah. <laughs> the first one on our list is from 1979, because like I said, we ended with Greece in 1978 last week, so the first one we're talking about today is hair Woohoo! this musical is based off of the 1968 play hair an american tribal love rock musical Uh. yeah uh the music and story were influenced by hippie counterculture in the late 1960s which i'm sure you guys are familiar with yes definitely yeah yeah and uh, again for this episode i made another playlist which is available on youtube and we're going to link to it so that you guys can definitely visit it and listen along as we talk about these musicals. Yeah. Especially if you're not familiar with musicals, that's going to be a good thing to do. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. Especially, like me, I've heard a lot of these songs, but I have seen very few of the movies. So <laughs> seeing the scene that the song happens in is really cool and kind of changes the context for me in some cases. So it's it's a definite benefit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So with Hare, we're following a young draftee as he's been drafted to the Vietnam War. He's on his way to the draft center or the induction center. (laughs) Where you go for that thing. (laughs) And I think the very scene that we chose, the song we chose was Aquarius to look at. And this is the scene where he's on his way, but he comes across a group of hippies and he gets kind of pulled into their culture. And kind of learns about their way of life instead. <laughs> so, uh, Aquarius, what did you guys think of this song? I hear it all the time. People <laughs> just sing that one line. This is the, the you know. Um, but I've ne- but I've never seen the movie. But it feel this part feels like just truly sixties. Right. Mm-hmm. All of the the hippies dancing around, and <laughs> they've all got their crazy outfits, the big hair. Or the the straight, really long hair, you know, either yeah. with the with the tinted sunglasses and everything. It's just, it's wonderful, <laughs> and and heck, the song is good too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it takes you back, huh? <laughs> yeah, but I was, I was <laughs> been there like it was yesterday. <laughs> yeah, so uh, watching it, it was really cool seeing when the police officers come up and. Most of the group <laughs> scatters, but then, it, you know, there's two that stay behind, a man and a woman, and they kind of have this, like, back and forth dance, kind of, with the police officers as the horses do their, like, trots and they're, you know, moving around. They imitate that and do their own kind of trots back at them, and I thought that was really nice. A nice yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> the so this movie is a really good representation of what life was like in the late 1960s because the musical was written at that time period, which you know this is t- the time of free, you know, free love and 
drug. <laughs> yes, and of course the Vietnam War. Yes. So it's a really good representation of the political climate at that time. It's definitely something that people should at least know about if you don't want to watch the whole thing. I mean, just, just watch yeah, the playlist. Just, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Even just Aquarius, so that way you know what people are singing. <laughs> right. <laughs> So the next movie on our list is also from the late 1970s, 1979. This is an important one that we think we'll probably talk about in a later episode. But right now we're just going to mention it. The Muppet Movie. Hooray. Yay. Yay. We all have feelings about the Muppet Movie. It's wonderful. Right. The Muppet Movie was written by the same people who wrote The Muppet Show. It premiered while the show was still going on. The Muppets were already pretty much pretty introduced. People knew who Muppets were. And it follows Kermit the Frog as he chases his dream of being being in movies (laughs) or TV. (laughs) Whichever. (laughs) Yeah, he's traveling across the country and he's, you know, coming across meeting other Muppets on his way. And uh, the song that we chose for this one was The Rainbow Connection. Because I thought this was the most iconic song from the movie. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, the song was written by Paul Williams and uh, Kenneth Asher. So Paul Williams actually wrote a lot of the Muppet songs throughout all the other Muppet movies. Yeah, it- I remember this movie being advertised all the time on like VHSs way after, <laughs> you know, because obviously we weren't around in, in 1979 <laughs> to see it in the theater or anything, but... It was still around all mm-hmm. the time, along with every other piece of Muppet media and, and even more after that. Right. Yeah. And uh, the Library of Congress selected it for preservation, the National Oh, that's good. Oh, hey. That's good news. Yeah. So, it, yeah, it's a piece of history. This is a great movie. This is the one, there's a scene where they come to a fork in a road in this one, right? <laughs> I love that scene. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. They just drive by it. They're in the moving, moving right along with Fozzie Bear. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Another great song. For yes. Oh, yes. And I think that I think that Jim Henson even like confirmed at one point that Fozzie Bear is Kermit the Frog's best friend. Aww. So oh, I think nice. that's, that's kind of cute. I mean, that's it makes sense. Yeah. They're yeah. always palling together. Yeah. Um, this is also that's also the scene where Big Bird makes his cameo, which is another part of my favorite, <laughs> uh, another favorite oh, part yeah. of the movie for me. It's like, oh, that we're we're going to Hollywood, and he's like, I'm going to New York. Or <laughs> I try to I break it into public television. That's what I said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's wonderful. Moving on from the movie, moving right along. That's right, moving right along. Oh, anyway, <laughs> fame is next. Yes. Gotcha. Yes. Fame is a really interesting movie. Yes. It's really, what did you guys think of the, of the Hot scene? Hot Lunch. Hot Lunch was the song that we chose. Yes. Um, it was super weird. <laughs> it, starts, <laughs> it starts out as just nonsense sound, noise in a lunchroom, and it drives me crazy. It brings me back to like high school where it was too loud always. <laughs> and there was a guy with a tambourine that I wanted to smack in the face. You got to stop it. Like kids in there with just full-on instruments. What are you doing? It's a lunchroom. <laughs> it made no sense until somebody started playing, you know, with a rhythm. <laughs> and right. it started, like, it actually turned into music, and then it was fine. And then it devolved into nonsense at the end. <sighs> right. Well, and if you're unfamiliar with Fame, it's a movie about a performing arts high school. And it's based on a real performing arts high school that still exists. 
but the New York Board of Education did not approve of the themes of the movie, and so they were not allowed to actually film the movie inside that school. Mm. But it's still based on that school. That's annoying. And so, <laughs> you know, to bring up a lunchroom in high school, I mean, that's exactly right. I mean, they're, they're in a high school lunchroom, although it's a very prestigious performing arts right. lunchroom, so yeah. everybody's got instruments. It's crazy. And this is a scene where one of the characters is feeling very overwhelmed by... The enthusiasm and the personalities of all the other people Uh in the school. And uh, also, the most famous song from this movie is Fame, Mm -hmm. which I did not put on the list, but everyone's heard it, I'm sure. (laughs) I'm going to live forever. You get it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Anyway, sung by Irene Cara. So she's a main character. She plays a main character in the movie who, you know, as the kids come into the school, they're separated into groups. Is she the Mm -hmm. one who sings Hot Lunch as well? Okay. Yeah, she sings a lot of the songs because she she is one of the only characters that, you know, is in all of the groups. She's in drama, she's in music, she's in dancing. A triple and, threat. Yeah, and the, you know, the other kids are kind of split, you know, they it, you're accepted into one of those branches. In their own cliques or kind of yeah. areas. Gotcha. Right, and the movie actually follows them all four years of high school. Oh, yeah. that's quite some time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was also originally called Hot Lunch. Oh, well, that would have been a million times more interesting. <laughs> <laughs> they could have made it all gotta, about lunch. I've got to see that movie. <laughs> it was also partially based on a chorus line. Have you guys ever seen a chorus line? No. No. Okay, well, the idea of a chorus line inspired this movie, and a chorus line is essentially the same kind of thing where it's a play about performers, not necessarily putting mm. on the show, gotcha. but... You kind of get the idea of what it's like to in be doing auditions and trying mm-hmm. to trying to make it happen. Gotcha. So, so the next thing on our list, the next movie on our list is a movie Adam has never seen. Uh-huh. I like shaming yeah. him about never seen. I know. I want to see it. <laughs> it's called The Blues Brothers. <sighs> this is a little bit of an or- unorthodox musical that we yeah. have on the list here. Yeah, but it's really cool nonetheless from, mm-hmm. from the little tidbits that I've seen. Right. And I hear good things about it. I want to see it. Dang it. (laughs) The Blues Brothers was directed by John Landis, and it's based on the SNL characters, Jake and Elwood Blues, (laughs) (laughs) performed by Dan Aykroyd and John Belushi, who star in the movie. John Blue Lushi. That's right. Mm -hmm. So the premise of the movie is a little bit ridiculous, but they're on a mission from God to save the orphanage. That they grew up in. So Wonderful. they're, you know, just just as Jake comes out of prison, they decide to try to get the band back together so they can put on a show as a benefit to raise money for the school. Nice. That is the plot of the Blues Brothers. A righteous. Very noble. Yes. 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 Righteous, righteous quest. <laughs> it features many legendary R&B singers like Aretha Franklin, James Brown, Ray Charles, Cab Calloway, and John Lee Hooker. And the movie was filmed in Chicago, actually in Chicago, where it takes place. And it was one of the high, has one of the highest budgets of any comedy movie ever made. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, those names you listed off probably helped <laughs> with that. <laughs> right. <laughs> Carrie sure. Fisher is also in it, too. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yes. And uh, also one of the reasons that it was... It had such a high budget. Was John Belushi was kind of causing some issues. Oh boy! Um, backstage, <laughs> like, like what? You know, I think there was one story where they lost him. They just 
They just <laughs> he just yeah they didn't know where he was yeah wow <laughs> and just losing stars they wow. they found him just at a random person's house he just wandered in, into somebody else's neighborhood and knocked on the door and you know huh. had a glass of milk or something and took a nap on their couch <laughs> do, you, do you think that person recognized him when he showed I, up? I don't know yeah oh my god John Belushi's here <laughs> out of nowhere. <laughs> Oh, that would be weird. Yeah. Could you imagine any stars doing just, that today? Just like, a celebrity showing oh up at gosh. your house? Yeah. I feel like they'd be more afraid that like somebody would just, I don't know. Keep them keep in their them. basement? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Keep them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I guess that's, yeah, that is a big fear. Could, I'd be afraid of that. We could write a musical about it. <laughs> you know what? Let's do it. Yes. Let's write a musical about that. <laughs> Another reason the budget might have been so high was because there were a lot of expensive chase scenes. Ah, uh, yes. In the movie, there was a lot of damage that was done, and they really were driving at over 100 miles per hour through the streets of Chicago. Yes, and it, it's probably it's probably not cheap to film in a city like that. Right. Es- especially when it's probably going a million miles a minute. Yeah. So the song that we have on the list is... Uh, Actually, we have two. We put two things on the list because I thought it'd be fun to just include it's, two it's scenes. It's one whole... Yeah. 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 We have uh, You Better Think by Aretha Franklin. She's, you know, that scene where she's singing in the kitchen. And then we have the Rawhide slash Stand By Your Man scene that when the boys are singing in the club. Yes. So in the Country Western Club. So what did you think of those, Adam? Um, well, Aretha Franklin kills it mm-hmm. always. Right. She's amazing in pretty much anything she's in. I never realized where the rawhide came from until looking at this. And you told me that it was a theme song from a show. My Uncle Bob, it was his like, favorite show. Yeah, I, I, had, I had no idea, but I've heard people sing that part so many times. Mm-hmm. I had no idea until I finally realized when it. When he picks up the whip in that scene, <laughs> yeah. it makes me laugh every time. Like He just wanders across stage, and he just sees a whip. He's like, ah, oh, and just picks it Perfect. up. He just knows how to use it. He's like, you know, yeah. it's amazing. Yeah. I love yeah. it. Beautiful. Yeah. Meanwhile, while stuff is still getting thrown at them. <laughs> yeah, they're in a cage. So yeah. the bottles are breaking as they hit the cage. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty great. In, in the scene, they're in a country western bar and they don't sing country western songs normally. Mm-hmm. So in order to keep from getting murdered, they <laughs> sing <laughs> Rawhide and Stand By Your Man. Yeah. yeah. After yeah. they... They kind of steal the show from uh, the band that was actually supposed to play that night. Yes. Right. <laughs> yeah. Moving on from the Blues Brothers in 1980, we're going to go ahead and go to Annie from 1982. Yes. Let Marcy take this Ooh, one. Yeah, this one, this one I grew up on, and so did Robin. We <laughs> we apparently had both had the VHS. Yeah, we had the same version VHS of version <laughs> of Annie. <laughs> Which is amazing. So we both watched it a lot as kids. And it is based on the Broadway musical, which was based on the Little Orphan Annie comic strip. Nice. Makes sense. Right? Um, And so the movie starred Albert Finney, Carol Burnett, which she's amazing. Right. Bernadette Peters and Tim Curry. And so Bernadette Peters and Tim Curry play the two that are... They pretend to be Annie's parents. So it follows a young orphan, Annie... During the Great Depression, as she gets adopted by the wealthy Oliver Warbucks. That's right. Yeah. And the two songs we put on the list were It's a Hard Knock Life. 
Everybody knows that yeah. one. You know, like, I mean, how well, have you not heard? I would, that I would say, you... yeah, I'd say that's the most iconic song from the from mm-hmm. the musical, but it's not. Tomorrow no. yeah, is the I most was... iconic song. You know what? Yeah, but I this is a very. It. There's a lot of really great songs in Annie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Actually, really, you know, really singable songs. Yeah, songs that people, yeah. people know all the words to. So we put that, and we also put Little Girls because I really thought it would be important for people, especially if anybody listening mm-hmm. is not familiar with musicals or hasn't seen this musical. It'd be really cool for them to see how great Carol Burnett it was mm-hmm. as Miss Hannigan. <laughs> oh my yeah. gosh, yeah. I I actually grew up on a different version of this movie, and so I remember all the songs and mm-hmm. I, I know the story and all that stuff. But it's different, obviously, with the different actors and such. But watching this one, I totally agree. Mm-hmm. Carol Burnett, I think, makes a much better Miss Hannigan. Oh yeah. Um, this scene alone is wonderful because yeah. she's singing. <laughs> At the same time, pouring drinks and yeah. also dings the bottles together and just like interrupt it, but but still, it's like <laughs> yeah. how does she yeah. do it? It's a it's an amazing little comedy scene while still maintaining this great sounding voice. Mm-hmm. She hits the high notes and everything. She's so it's good. It's wonderful. Yeah. I I mean I it's the most believable thing for oh, me yeah. when I yeah. was a kid. And just... it, you get the feeling of like right she's kind of the bad guy in this movie mm-hmm. sort of but you relate yeah <laughs> right. because it's like oh man she's, she's has such broken. a hard time these children yeah. are menaces <laughs> like not all of them obviously but sometimes they right. can just be such a pain like she in the beginning of the scene she's in that bed <laughs> she's in her bed listening to the radio just yes. wishing that she had a man or something right and it's the great depression you know mm-hmm. so she's like listening to the radio this is like all she's got right this is like yeah. her this is her escape and these kids yeah. are ruining it for they her they just laugh at her and it's just like oh man yeah you don't have to be that mean yeah <laughs> but she's mean too so yeah. I guess you can't yeah, feel too bad it's, it's a good greatest. movie to grow up with because as mm-hmm. you're as a kid you're gonna identify with the children a lot more but then mm-hmm. as you get older you're like oh you know her she life was yeah. Her life wasn't great either. <laughs> it's like it's like SpongeBob and Squidward, right? Yeah, yeah. Or exactly. Tom and Jerry. Or Tom and Jerry. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. So the next movie we have is from 1983, the next year, and this is another one I think Marcy should talk about. Oh, okay. So this is <laughs> this is Yentl, starring Barbara Streisand. Yentl is based on Isaac. I'm probably gonna pronounce this wrong. <laughs> But Kevis Singer's play of the same name, which was based on a short story by him as well, called Yentl the Yeshiva Boy. So it follows Barbara Streisand, who is a young Jewish girl in Poland, who dresses as a boy and takes on the name of her late brother, so that way she she can learn the Judaism Talmudic law. And the reason that she got interested in this is because her father was a teacher for the young boys in the town, and secretly behind closed doors, he was teaching her. Right. Which was not supposed to happen because young girls were not supposed to learn. Now that he's passed away, she wants to continue learning. Mm -hmm. And so that's why she poses as a boy. Secretly, yeah. Right. The song is a pretty famous song. Um, Papa, Can You Hear Me was the song we chose to put on the list. Yes. Yes, a very sad-sounding song. Mm -hmm. It's a very uniquely filmed scene. It's just her and a candle, which is, like, pretty cool, but, yeah, Yeah. really weird at the same time. Really dramatic. Yes, very, that's it, that's Mm -hmm. very dramatic. Um, But did you guys notice any, like, 
similarities between some of the sounds of the song or anything. No, did you? <laughs> I sure did. It sounded a little bit like Can You Build a Frozen? Snowman from yeah. Frozen. Oh, yeah. Have you, have you ever seen Deadpool 2? N- no, I haven't. Why? No, you haven't. Okay, so there's a scene in Deadpool 2 where he least. talks about it. Oh, okay. He actually mentions really? it. Yeah, he says, you know, hey, it's the same thing. And, you know, they're really similar and no huh. one seems to notice. <laughs> Huh. They just accept and, it? <laughs> yeah, they just, it's like, it's that's just the way it is. And I, yeah, I mean, listening to it, I could hear it, especially near the end of Do You Want to Build a Snowman? Yeah. When, it, when she slows it down, it's quieter, and she says, you know, like, uh, please, I know you're in there. Yeah. Papa, can you hear me? You know, and mm-hmm. please, I know you're in there. Right. I. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call the songs, like, I wouldn't say it frozen plagiarized it or anything like right. that but the melody in that moment is very similar but yeah the rest of the song is different both of them are very different right but that's cool i guess yeah. <laughs> yeah they they i'm not you're crazy right. you're yeah. right you're absolutely yeah. right it's like nothing comes from nothing <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know so yeah moving on from yentl which you know was a great movie for Barbara Streisand because she also directed and co-produced it. Wow, oh, nice. so that's one, amazing. Wanted to bring that up too. You know, Barbara. You know, she's she's the best man. She is. It's got to be. That's got to be hard being the director of a movie that you're in. Yeah, it's like how, I always wonder about that. Like how how hard is <laughs> how it to direct? direct? Yeah, yeah. How? You gotta like step out of the scene and then tell everybody else what to do and and then yeah. go back. You know, yeah, yeah. Anyway, moving on. We are going to 1986. <laughs> Little Shop of Horrors. Yay. Yeah. So on the Disney Scores episode that we talked about a couple episodes back, we mentioned how Howard Ashman and Alan Menken wrote the songs for this musical. Little Shop of Horrors. It was an off-Broadway production, and then it got turned into a movie in 1986 starring Rick Moranis. It was also directed by Frank Oz. Nice. Heard that name before. This is one that you showed me for the first time, Robin, because I hadn't seen it. I didn't. I had no idea what to expect from it because I had only ever heard the name. But then a giant plant showed up. Yeah. And was eating people, and I was like, <laughs> "All right, okay. here we go." Right. But it, but it's a wonderful movie nonetheless. And the song we picked was uh, "Downtown" or "Skid Row." Right. And um, it we talked about this in the. This is what gave us the uh, the segue at the Disney episode where it kind of sounds like something out of Hercules, right? Where it's got something up front with all the townspeople who live downtown who are real sa- like this somber kind of sad mood about it. But they've got these three women who are like gospel singing in the right. background, you know, keeping yeah. the mood up. But in this case, they're not like trying to change the mood. They're no, they're just s- telling the story. Right. But they're, the, the way they're singing yeah. happens to be yeah. a right. little more upbeat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kick-ass costumes. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, if you've ever seen, if you've never seen Little Shop of Horrors, um, the movie is carried through and narrated essentially by these three women. Right. And uh, the music is very gospel Motown inspired. And I love this song. It's my favorite song in the whole play and because this is you know where you kind of get you kind of showcase the talents of all the people that are in the town mm-hmm. um especially the woman at the beginning yeah <laughs> you know she sings just has that one part and then that's it yeah. and yeah. i love this movie because i i just i absolutely love the production design i love the way that it's 
way that it's filmed, it's like you're watching a musical, essentially. Yeah, it's purposefully made to look like that, where you can see the set, mm-hmm. whereas most of the time movies are trying to hide the set, you know, and yeah. they're trying to blend it into what would be real life. But in this case, they're like, no, we're going to leave it like that, Yeah, because then it feels like it would just be on stage. <laughs> right. Yeah. And there's two versions of this movie. I, there's the director's version and there's the theatrical release. <laughs> I I recommend watching both and deciding which one you like better, but you probably want to watch the theatrical one first. Yes. Mm-hmm. If you're gonna watch, yes. if you're gonna watch them both, you, you might be too scarred by the other one, <laughs> like Marcy. So. Like me. Yes. So and this was so influential to all of us that we uh, based my drink of the week off of this yeah. one. So. We did little shot of horrors, and it was delicious. I know it wasn't as quite as horrible, you know. It, <laughs> <laughs> so it was vanilla vodka and root beer and a little bit of whipped topping on top. Oh, Tasted it, like a root beer float. float. Yeah, it looks yeah. like a little a little beer or a little float, float. because of the the whipped top. Yeah. 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 So the next movie on our list is not one that we're going to go into depth of, but. It is fun to talk about because it is a little silly. Yes. yes. It's called Earth Girls Are Easy. That's an odd name, Robin. Yeah. <laughs> it's 2019, you can't say that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's based off of a song by the same title by an artist named Julie Brown. And okay. it came out in the late 1980s. It starred Gina Davis mm-hmm. with Jim Carrey, Jeff Goldblum, and Damon Wyans. What? Yeah. Who did they play? Right. So <laughs> Gina Davis plays... I, I I believe she's a manicurist, or she she's definitely a beautician. Of yeah, beautician. they work okay. at a salon of yeah. some kind. And uh, she gets, um, well, three aliens crash land in her pool, and she falls in love with one of them. Oops! Yeah. Oh man, that's what that's what it's about. It's the plot <laughs> of the movie. So the song we included was "Brand New Girl." I just thought that this movie was so strange and so interesting that you know I just wanted to just mention it. Yeah, it's a great little song. I mean, it's real poppy and fun and it's just the song of her getting a makeover mm-hmm. she's brand new because they're like how the heck are you gonna woo this alien boy <laughs> well you gotta dress up just like you know 80s style and one of my favorite parts of that scene at the beginning they're looking at a ancient computer and they're like let's put it into the system <laughs> <laughs> and, and they like, like color the pixels yeah, of her eyes it like oh picks, my gosh it's like oh yeah we'll do that and it's like this computer generated version of her it's really weird and slow and it's <laughs> yeah. pretty funny and it's, it's very it's very weird science-esque yeah it's got oh, this yeah, weird sci-fi ness yeah. in it i guess because yeah. of aliens man robin showed me the <laughs> entrance of jim carrey <laughs> wonderful and scene. jeff goldblum because i had no idea because they they give these guys makeovers because they're obviously aliens at first and they yeah. have all this hair covering yeah and they you almost cannot tell who they are yeah they almost look like teletubbies yeah. they're all one solid color <laughs> and with like a weird hat and uh, yeah they look Crazy. they look whack. and then so then when she reveals them i like flipped out because i'm like what? i was like yeah marcy's gotta see this scene probably the 
biggest surprise was Jeff Goldblum. Mm-hmm. Would you yeah, say? Yeah, yeah. Because you you yeah. picked out Damon Wayans. I did. I was like, I thought that was a Wyans. Yeah, one of the Wyans. One of the Wyans. Yeah. I didn't know which yeah. one it was. Yeah, and actually, I picked out Jim Carrey. Yeah. as well. So, so the only one we didn't peg I guess, was Jeff Goldblum. I, I think what it comes down to is we just did not expect Jeff Goldblum <laughs> yeah. to be in a movie like this. You, you notice, and he was the only one that had his shirt unbuttoned. <laughs> yeah. Like Jim Carrey didn't. Damon he, Wyans didn't. But. Yeah. He didn't have yeah. a shirt on at all yet. They, yeah. they came out fully dressed, but he came out with just pants on, and then she handed him his shirt afterward. <laughs> Which he, like, very coolly, like, put on his shoulder first. Like, I don't need this. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's Brilliant. Earth Girls Are Easy. <laughs> One that I now must watch. Yeah, I've got to see the rest of it. <laughs> so the next movie we have on our list we're going to talk briefly about also is a movie that was, it was actually a big deal to me as a kid. I watched it all the time. It was called Polly. From 1989 and it was a made-for-tv movie so this was not a theatrical release and it's based off of the book Pollyanna it took place in Alabama in the 1950s Pollyanna is the story but in this story her name is Polly she is an orphan who comes to live with her very staunchy aunt also named Polly in this movie her aunt is played by Felicia Rashad from the Cosby show yeah Mrs. Huxtable and uh, the song that we put on the list was Sweet Little Angel Eyes. And that was my favorite song from the movie when I was a kid. So I was like, I, yeah. we got to put it on here. It's very good. Um, the little boy who sings, I thought it, like, at first I was like, is that the Jackson 5? Is that Michael Jackson? as <laughs> nope. kid version? Yeah. But, it's, but it's 1989. It can't possibly. Yeah. But... I, I don't know. He was very good. I don't. The tap dancing was and really the, good. And the too. tap yeah. dancing too. Yeah. It, oh it, it, the whole production. It was awesome. It sounded great. And I love the. I love the whole. I guess I just love the whole vibe that the movie puts on. It's yeah. very mm-hmm. happy. I mean, yeah. Polly's <laughs> very a very happy. positive kid. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, if you've never seen Polly, you should probably check it out. It's super fun. I don't know where you can find it, but probably some <laughs> Disney thing. Somewhere. So. Uh, we're pretty much done with the 1980s. So moving on to the 1990s. Yeah. yeah. Only 90s whoop, whoop, kids will remember these. Exactly. Eh, yeah. Only. People born any other decade just turn off the podcast right <laughs> you now. You don't remember the Throw 90s. Throw your phone out the window. This is only for 90s babies. Only. <laughs> Skip over this section. <laughs> anyway, Marcy, you want to start us off? Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about Crybaby. That one's weird. What'd you call me? I mean... That is our nickname for Adam. Oh, no. (laughs) I made a mistake. (laughs) So this one is a weird one, okay? I'm gonna admit that, but I loved it, okay? (laughs) So uh, the director, John Waters, was coming off of his big hit of uh, 1988, which was Hairspray. And so this was big because a lot of different companies wanted this movie because of that. It wasn't very successful when it came out, but since then it's kind of become a cult classic. Johnny Depp starred as the main guy, Crybaby. Nice. Uh, he was already known at this point for 21 Jump Street, and they John Waters found him by just getting teen magazines, and <laughs> he was pretty much on the cover of a lot of them because 21 Jump Street. So this movie is about different cliques essentially so there's the drapes which are the bad guys the greasers the guys that slick their hair back right and then there's like the nerds the squares they're called (laughs) and uh crybaby is obviously a drape and his love interest allison is a square who is dating another square 
who then gets <laughs> jealous because she ends up falling for crybaby and you know. Uh, I see. Uh, right. It's just hilarious. It's a it's very, just... you know, Romeo and Juliet esque storyline. Yeah. yeah. It's set in the nineteen fifties. So it nice. explains the greasers. Very yes. very grease like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In this, his sister, who also goes to high school, because they're all in high school, she already has two kids, oh, and boy. they're like six. They're supposed to be six and seven years old. <laughs> and I was, I was like, how? Thinking about it now, it's like how <laughs> she would have been like eleven when yeah, she well, had... she got held back a couple times, maybe. Maybe uh, that could be. We'll go with that. that. We'll, we're <laughs> yeah. gonna have to go. That with makes that me feel because... a little bit better. Yeah, we're gonna go with that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So the song on the list is Doing Time for Being Young. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a little, you get a little bit of an Elvis vibe from this song. For it's, sure. Especially, you know, last week we talked about Jailhouse Rock. Mm-hmm. You you see in this, it's, you know, very similar. Kind of, yes. kind of a feel to it. So um, what did you think of that song? Um, that's kind of how I would have described it. It is definitely inspired by Elvis or Jailhouse Rock or I mm-hmm. guess the time period singing about being bad and not giving a dang dang about it you know <laughs> they, i like that a dang dang about it a, dang, dang. A, diggity, a, dang. a diggity dang a hot dog diggity dang yes i want that to be a musical now i'd go see hot dog diggity dang <laughs> that's what we're that's what we'll call the black case diaries live tour anyway it was a great it was a great little scene i'd like to see the rest of the movie i know it you did describe it as weird, and it yeah. was kind of weird. Yeah. It definitely didn't feel like something like Grease or Jailhouse Rock, but mm-hmm. it had its own identity, and I I mm-hmm. like that about it. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to move on to one of my favorite movies ever. Yes. <laughs> Although I, I admit it's not, like, the greatest movie of all time. I just love it. Well. She, she was just obsessed with it. Yes. It's up there. Newsies. When I first saw Newsies, it changed my life. <laughs> mm-hmm. It really did. I watched it every day. I think... I think the record was like for 16 days straight. I'd come wow. home from school. I was in sixth grade. And I'd come home from school and I would just watch it. I don't think I've done anything for 16 days straight. <laughs> I was obsessed yeah, with nice. this movie. Yeah. So Newsies was directed by Kenny Ortega. And uh, we're going to talk about him in a different episode. But this was his directorial debut. Mm. He choreographed the movie, too. Hit the ground running. Yeah, like, he did, great yeah, job. did a great job. Yeah. So <clears throat> the songs in Newsies are written by Alan Menken and Jack Feldman. And uh, when the movie premiered, it did not do well opening weekend. And Disney pulled it out of theaters. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Yeah, making it really one of the least successful financially live-action Disney movies of all time. Oh, wow. wow. It only made about a fifth of its budget, but it was popular enough for them to adapt it into a musical mm-hmm. a few years later, and I think it was in like uh, 2011, mm-hmm. and it won two Tonys, nice. one of them being Best Original Soundtrack. Oh, there you go. Best Original Score. Yeah. So it's actually really good. I know that the, the live stage musical added some songs, took some songs out. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> Has to be <laughs> it, done, I it guess. It changed some things. But the movie itself, I think it's really fun to watch. It's dramatic, and uh, it is based on actual events. I mean, Disney changed a lot of stuff. <laughs> but, you know, the basic the baseline is there, and I spent an entire summer researching all of it. So if anyone has any questions about the newsboy strike of 1899, just throw them my way. Yeah. <laughs> because... Tweet it, Robin. <laughs> 
send it, it I, you know. I, yeah, I researched all of it. The, the strike, all of the actors that were in the movie. Got the whole thing. I was a newsie for Halloween that year. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, King of New York is the uh, is the song on our playlist, and it's awesome. I love yes. it. Yes. Um, one of my favorite things is the the way they talk. Yeah. I mean, it's very, very obvious in this song. Marcy will tell you, too, I... I've heard this from my family. Like, I watched this movie so often that I started talking like a newbie. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so, it's so heavily New York, and I yeah. love it. You just, it's, it, she still slips up and says some things sometimes where Every it's like, oh my gosh. Yeah, it's people, like having... people have asked me before, where are you from? Because they don't think I'm from Ohio. <laughs> What's the matter with you? She, she, she in the papes, you're famous. Anyway, I'm sorry, guys. It's okay. Anyway, moving on from Newsies, we have another prominent musical of the early night of movie musical of the early '90s. This was also, I believe, made for TV, and it is Gypsy. Mm-hmm. Neither of you have seen Gypsy. No, nope. I hadn't even heard of it. Right. So this is great. This movie starred Bette Midler. <clears throat> uh-huh. yeah. Amazing. And Gypsy Rose Lee was a real person. She wrote a memoir, and then there was the they made a stage musical based off of that memoir. And the man that wrote that musical hated the 1960-ish, I think it's 1962, he hated the 1962 version of his play. His play. Hmm. And so he held up the development of this version of Gypsy hmm. for almost 10 years. Oh my and, goodness. Yeah, wow. bet it was Gypsy Rose Lee's son who was really, tried really hard to get this movie to be made. And he really wanted Bette Midler to be in it. Mm-hmm. And so she waited for 10 years to play Aww. this role. Wow. And finally she got to do it. Nailed it. Yeah. So it is, there was a lot of uh, uh, crazy stuff going on to make this movie possible. But I included two songs on this list from, from Gypsy. The first one was Let Me Entertain You. And the reason I included this one is because it shows you the development of Gypsy Rose Lee, the main, or, you know, kind of the title character of the story, when she starts out as a very shy performer and becomes a more confident, burlesque, uh, striptease, you know, showgirl mm-hmm. by, the end, by the end of the song. So, basically, the story follows Rose, Bette Midler's character, she has two daughters. She wants them in show business. One of them's name is June. The other one's name is Louise. June is the one that seems more talented, and she's trying to get her into the show business. June forsakes that, gets mm-hmm. elopes, leaves, and then Rose is left with the le- the lesser talented daughter, Louise. Mm-hmm. And as she's trying to get her into vaudeville shows, vaudeville is now starting to be you know go to the wayside because talking pictures are becoming a thing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so as that's becoming a thing now, um, you know, people aren't going to see vaudeville. Did they it, happen to reference the jazz singer at all? I don't, I don't know. I don't remember. Yeah. But anyway, sorry. Um, that's okay. But yeah, so as, you know, vaudeville's kind of going away, they end up at this kind of burlesque house and, um, you know, one of the singers, one of the dancers gets sick one night and Gypsy Rose Lee steps in her place. And then that's what this song is, is you're watching her. From the first night, yeah, all the way through. Yep. It's, it's an amazing evolution that she goes yeah, through. Yeah, I mean, I totally get the beginning of it. That would be mm-hmm. me. I just, I couldn't do anything. <laughs> what, do we, what do I do? I just yeah. thrown out there. I was like, no. <laughs> As her right. mom's like yelling at her, what to do? Yeah, I. Mm-hmm. The difference is, I would not have stayed out there. 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she stayed out there for the at least the majority of her song. Yeah. I would have gone. <laughs> right. So the other song I put on the list was is called Rose's Turn, which is probably, I think, one of the most famous songs from Gypsy. And uh, this is a moment when Rose, Bette Midler's character, is having a mental breakdown on the stage after Louise has basically realized that Rose has manipulated her whole life and pretty much is, you know, you know what, I don't really want you, you know, you know in my life anymore. <laughs> and Rose kind of has this epic breakdown on stage and she's singing this song at the same time. Yeah. So what did you think of these, what did you think of Rose's turn? Um, so she, she's an amazing singer and I have heard bits of that song before. I recognize some of the things but I'd never seen it in its entirety. and But she does an amazing job of this huge, big, you know, showstopper song, but she slowly kind of loses her mind throughout, and yeah. then by the end of it, she's kind of gone crazy and just yelling at the audience now. <laughs> I mean, there's no audience there, and she's just alone losing yeah. it, but mm-hmm. it's it's a really, really great job singing and acting. Yeah. Yeah, she kills it, man. Whew. Yeah, Marcy had never seen Gypsy, but when you heard when you heard the music, as soon as she started like the second half of the song, Mm -hmm. I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Yeah, I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is where that's from." What? Yeah, (laughs) it blew my mind. I was, oh man. Yeah. Yeah. So moving on from that, we're in the mid '90s now at Evita. So Evita is based on the concept album by Tim Rice and Andrew Lloyd Webber. Obviously, Andrew Lloyd Webber is a pretty big name in musicals. Mm-hmm. Tim Rice is a pretty big name, too. So they uh, they adapted it into a musical in the late 1970s. And then this movie was in development hell for about 15 years. Wow. Yeah. After, Man. Like, I mean, it was shopped around for a while for 15 years or so. And it was directed by Alan Parker. And it was written by him and Oliver Stone. It starred Madonna as Eva Perón. And Jonathan Price as her husband, the president of Argentina. Um, and Antonio Banderas plays the narrator. He's supposed to be kind of like an everyday man that is telling you the story, you know. <laughs> Him. Whatever. Obviously an everyday man. Find him right off the street. Yeah, just like deal. a regular dude. <laughs> <laughs> so it was based on the life of Eva Perón. Uh, she was the first lady of Argentina. At one point, she even ran to be vice president of Argentina. But had to drop out for various reasons, including her health. It was declining, and she'd have passed away, unfortunately, of cancer at the age of 33. Oh, that's so young. Yeah, it is, it's a very, very sad story. And uh, the song that we included was Don't Cry For Me, Argentina. I, I know the line, Don't Cry For Me, Argentina, and I, I've heard that. Shoot, even cartoons will reference that. But I hadn't heard the whole song, but man, it's... a wonderful song it's beautiful but it's very you know sad yeah mm-hmm. um but madonna does a really good job obviously she's a great singer i i never re- i didn't realize it i actually had to watch it twice i didn't realize until the second time that those microphones were in front of her mm-hmm. like it was meant to be her giving a speech to all the yeah. people i didn't oh, yeah. realize that the first time i thought she was just on the balcony just kind of singing it to herself almost and the rest of the people weren't really meant to be paying attention Mm. but nope (laughs) those were microphones right there (laughs) There you go so it was pretty neat so now we're into the late 90s and we're going to talk about cinderella from 1997 another made for tv movie musical Mm -hmm. starring whitney houston and brandy 
So this is actually really interesting. After the success of Gypsy, Whitney Houston approached the producers of Gypsy and to ask them about maybe producing a musical, producing Cinderella, Hmm. and having her play the title role. But uh, the network that they pitched it to, CBS, was not really interested in it. It took a while for it to kind of, you know, shop around and stuff. It wasn't working out. And so by the time the project was finally greenlit, it was by ABC and Disney. Disney agreed to do it. But by this point, Whitney Houston was like, I'm too old to play Cinderella. (laughs) And uh, she felt like, you know, passing it on. So she passed on the role to Brandy and she plays the fairy godmother instead. That's so nice. Which is another great role, so. Yeah. This is based, this is Rogers Rogers and Hammerstein's Cinderella. Mm. And this is the version that I think I saw more when I was a kid. I did see the Julie Andrews version. But this is, I think, the third version of Cinderella that exists. And it was the very first time that a black woman ever played Cinderella, this, the role of Cinderella at all, on the screen. Mm. And, uh, wow. the, yeah, one of the things that they wanted to do was just kind of cast the movie. The term they used was colorblind casting. So that, you know, it was just casting it based on, you know, whoever gives the best performances. Not worrying about that kind of, you know... Right, mm-hmm. which I mean should be the way. Yeah, <laughs> always. Yeah. Just yeah, just do whoever's best. Also, because they wanted to reflect the way the '90s were, mm-hmm. you know, kind of giving, you know, bringing that kind of spirit yeah. and the, the the atmosphere and the culture of the 1990s. One of the other big things that they did was that they kind of they kind of changed the character of Cinderella to be a little stronger. Oh, okay. Okay, so she's not, so not as so passive. passive. Yeah. yeah. They wanted her to be, yeah, they wanted her to be a little bit more of like a, somebody that little girls should maybe look up to. Mm-hmm. Somebody who's kind of her own hero in a sense. Mm-hmm. So they did change her a little bit. Nice. For this movie. And uh, although critics didn't love it, they loved mm-hmm. the, they loved the supporting cast. I believe Whoopi Goldberg is in it. Uh, Jason Alexander is in it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, they did love the supporting cast. They were kind of lukewarm about, you know, everything else, except for, like, maybe set design and stuff. But it commercially, it did very well. It nice. was a rating success for Disney. Oh, yay. Aww. So, yeah. So, the song we included was Impossible slash It's Possible. I I actually watched more the Julie Andrews version more, so... I I didn't really get to see this one a lot. My favorite song was probably in my own little corner. Mm -hmm. But this song, The Impossible It's Possible, was also very good. The back and forth is just so, so nice to hear. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They both do a really good job. And this one, I wasn't looking at the screen when I was watching it as, as the playlist was going. And I was just listening to some of the lyrics. And I was like, oh, this is a movie about Cinderella, isn't it? And then I looked at it. And, <laughs> like, well, dang, oh, yeah. there it is. Yep. Um, I love the, the line about the white mice and the white horses. Mm-hmm. That's really mm-hmm. funny. Um, it's, it's a great song. Okay, we're going to take a little break right now. And I want to know, do you enjoy the Black Case Diaries? Well, if so, the PodCoin app pays you to listen to this podcast and every podcast. It's the podcast player that pays. Just get the app free on iPhone or Android. You can use the PodCoin you earn to claim gift cards or donate to charity. Use our invite code BLACKCASE, all in caps, and you'll get 300 PodCoin right away. Also, earn PodCoin faster by listening to bonus podcasts like the Black Case Diaries and others. 
We're going to move on to the 2000s. All right, 90s All right. kids can, or All right. everyone else can everyone come else back. Everyone else can come back. Yeah. You know, come back into the room. Come join us again. And join the 90s kids. Because <laughs> you probably remember this now. <laughs> so the first movie we have here for 2001 is Hedwig and the Angry Itch. And I just want to take a second to do a shout out to our friends at the Toys R Us podcast. We asked on Twitter what people's favorite musicals were, and they gave us Little Shop of Horrors and also Hedwig and the Angry Itch as their... Those are two favorites. Nice. Mm-hmm. So, thanks, guys. Good choices. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. So, Hedwig and the Angry Itch is a very interesting musical. I've never heard of anything like it. It's very special. It's based off of a stage musical that was written in the late 90s by John Cameron Mitchell and Stephen Trask. And then Mitchell came back, directed, and starred in the movie adaptation. Uh-huh. Wow. Yes. So, it's about a German boy named Hansel. And this is before the fall of the Berlin Wall. Hmm. And uh, as a way to escape Germany, partially a way to escape Germany, Mm -hmm. Hansel undergoes a sex reassignment surgery that is botched. And uh, he marries a man. And then him and the man escape to the United States. And uh, after he goes through the surgery, he becomes Hedwig. The angry itch refers to uh, the, you know, messed up genitals that... She is now faced with, Mm -hmm. uh, and also is the name of the band that she has with her, that she travels as as a performing artist. It's a good band name, for sure. Yeah, Hedwig and the Angry Itch, for sure. (laughs) So after, you know, Hedwig is in the United States, the Berlin Wall falls, and uh, this is, you know, and also the the man that she married leaves her, Mm. and uh, she basically, you know, takes her band with her and travels to... I think seafood restaurants, a lot of, yeah, different chains. Any place that'll take them. Yeah. Yeah. They're traveling to seafood restaurants or, you know, and playing to like these, you know, tiny crowds. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as you're going through, as, you know, she's singing the songs that are on the set, kind of revealing parts of her life story and feelings. Mm -hmm. And and you kind of get a lot of of sense of the character and different things through these performances. And they're really good. They're really interesting. Also, a fun thing to know about the show is that a lot of the time, the characters, the casting is very gender fluid. So there have been times when Hedwig's played by a man, sometimes played by a woman. And, you know, the husband sometimes played Mm -hmm. by a man or woman. It flips. (laughs) It changes. I think right now, for the first time, somebody has played... A woman, the woman that's playing Hedwig now on Broadway, or at least recently, was the first person to play both Hedwig and Hedwig's husband. Wow. So it's, nice. you know, it's crazy. That's that pretty cool. Crazy. But yeah, that's, that's, I, I'd only heard of it through like some people I follow on YouTube. They were talking about what play they would like or what role they think they could pull off. And mm-hmm. somebody said Hedwig. And I was like, what is that that's harry potter's owl name because before then i had never known yeah what this was but looking i had to google it like that can't be right and then it's this and i'm like oh my gosh this is a really crazy looking musical <laughs> and um it reminded me a lot of rocky horror which i'd seen before i i haven't seen hedwig yet so I, this is something i'd like to see but it's it, this this song that we picked wicked little town it does a perfect job of what you were just describing her her life story being explained to like seven people you know <laughs> but it's it's got to be really hard imagine going through this no, it's yeah. oof that's got to be rough you yeah. know yeah 
Yeah. It's interesting that you mentioned Harry Potter and the owl Hedwig <laughs> because thinking about it now, um, J.K. Rowling's had made the owl a female uh, white owl and apparently that particular breed of owl only the males are white. Yeah. So oh. for the movie, they actually had to have a male owl. So it's that yeah, that it's whole gender. It? It's the a gender weird, fluid yeah. thing. Yeah. And again, with the name, he- the Hedwig. That's yeah. so cool. Maybe it was a reference <laughs> all along. Maybe. But this this song, uh, it just sounded very loaded. Like it, it was like the whole story talking about what happened to her and like, oh man, yeah, it's yeah. awesome. It's yeah, it's great and. So we're going to move on from um, Hedwig and the Angry Itch to another movie from 2001, Moulin Rouge. Uh-huh. Moulin Rouge was a little bit of a groundbreaking musical as it came out because this was the first time that since Beauty and the Beast, so it was the first time in 10 years mm-hmm. that a movie musical was nominated for Best Picture. Wow. So people, you know, kind of starting to, you know, and I, I wrote down here a quote from Roger Ebert about Moulin Rouge, because I really liked it. He says, It isn't about tired, decadent people, but about glorious romantics who believe in the glitz and the tinsel, who see the nightclub not as a shabby tourist trap, but as a stage for their dreams. And it's he's absolutely right. That's what Moulin Rouge is about. It's about uh, the Moulin Rouge in France, which has been around for over now for over 120 years. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> or about, you know, about 120 years or so. And it takes place at the, at the very turn of the 20th century, the beginning of the 20th century. And at this point in time in the movie, the, the Moulin Rouge has only been around for about 10 years or so. Mm. So it's still, it's like at the height of popularity. Yeah, it's a fancy new place that everybody has to go. Yes. Yeah, and it's still a very popular place to go. The Moulin Rouge is like a cabaret theater in France, and Nicole Kidman plays its headliner, who is, she's also, uh, I'm not sure the word they use, a courtesan, is like this oh, word yes. that mm-hmm. they use, or yeah, in, in, the, in the movie, I and see. You, you know what mm-hmm. that means, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> right. So, uh, through some mix-up, she ends up being with Ewan McGregor when she's supposed to be with somebody else, and through their chance encounter, they fall in love. The song yes. that they, yeah, the song that we put on the list was the love medley that they sing because this is indeed a jukebox musical and this is the first time that we've ever talked about a jukebox musical although they've been around for a little bit mm-hmm. at this point a jukebox musical as you guys probably know mm-hmm. is a musical made up of popular songs that exist outside of musicals mm-hmm. yes. and then are you know repurposed and used in a musical for whatever moment or need that they right. have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this song is built up of a whole bunch of other love songs. It's but, a, it's a beautiful medley. Yeah, 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 it's great, and I I love how she sings the to the tune of the same song because because mm-hmm. you and McGregor's character keeps flipping songs mm-hmm. to kind of get back at her or kind of like entice her into like no like this, this is, is love <laughs> yeah this is what love is and um, she does not want anything to do with it. So she she changes the lyrics of these songs to be like, nah. Because she's all about the Benjamins, baby. Right. She needs the money. (laughs) It's that money, man. I mean, you're not wrong. That's what her whole deal is. So, but the the song is great. You can see the progression of how she feels about it because she he's obviously winning her over, Mm -hmm. and it's adorable. So one year later, we have 
Chicago. Ooh, that's a big one. Yes, this is a huge one. And it was the first movie since Oliver in 1968, first movie musical since Oliver in 1968 to win Best Picture. Wow. Nice. Yes, and I put another Roger Ebert quote because I just loved how these musicals are back to back, and I loved the way he the way he was talking about them. But he says, you know, although modern audiences don't like to see stories interrupted by songs, apparently they like songs interrupted by stories. And that was how, you know, Uh, it was like movie musicals kind of changed for audiences' needs. Mm. At this point, people were getting tired of... You know, the idea of people just being having a conversation and, and you know, ha- being in a story and then stopping and turning to the camera like, let's sing. Like, that bothered people. <laughs> it, it took people out of it. it. It made them feel like this is so fake. And Makes sense. I've, I've yeah. heard that complaint from a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But these movies changed it up a little bit. With Chicago, you have the format of it's almost as if you're watching the show in the style of, like, a cabaret. Because you have the pianist, I believe he's played by Tay Diggs, but you have the mm. pianist narrator who every once in a while says, and now, and you know, and mm-hmm. he'll, and he'll oh, tell yeah. you who's going to sing, right? Mm-hmm. The, the merry murderesses or, you know, the keeper of the keys and, you know, that kind of thing. He introduces each character as they're singing their songs and that format really breaks up the, the musical and it helps a lot it makes you feel like you're watching a show you're not really it doesn't really pull the songs don't pull you out mm. as much. right yeah you're, you're going to the show to see these different uh these different song numbers with all this you know very high production set pieces and all these crazy costumes and all that stuff mm-hmm. but then just as like a little intermission while everybody backstage is changing they have these little story moments you know so it, it, it works perfectly like that Right. Yeah, I did not, never would have thought about that. Oh my gosh, and I've seen this a couple of times. Yeah. Like. And so the song we included on the list was We Both Reached for the Gun. Yes, this one is incredibly clever. Mm-hmm. I love the way it's it's portrayed. The news media wants to get the story out there, and they've got all these journalists asking questions, but her lawyer is there kind of basically speaking for her mm-hmm. even though she's uh-huh. the one talking and they portray it with her being a ventriloquist dummy sitting <laughs> on his lap and he's pulling the lever and telling her what to say and that's hilarious yeah. that's, I mean that's exactly what it is there are like moments where she comes back and says her own thing I think yeah, it was she like slips up a somebody times. says are you sorry and she goes are you kidding <laughs> <laughs> yeah but and then yeah. she's like he Pulls her yeah. away. He's like, hey, yeah. <laughs> we'll keep it together. Yeah. Um, She's like, oh man, I'd bring him back if I could. Right. And then as it yeah. starts, as it starts, as the story of them both reaching for the gun starts to work on the reporters, you know, they're starting to believe the story. He's mm-hmm. they're becoming yeah. He's got them on strings like marionette puppets. Yeah. He's like, now I've got you. You're under my control <laughs> yes. now. Brilliant. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. And you, you notice too at the beginning of this one, the narrator calls it the press conference rag. And so the different songs throughout the show are different kinds of music. Because mm-hmm. you've got the Cell Black Tango, the ah, press yes. conference rag, you know, mm-hmm. they, you know, things are different. So, and then also, of course, jazz. The, the, yeah. the whole, the whole yeah. musical <laughs> is about the jazz era. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the next thing we have on our list is from Justin to Kelly. Yeah, so we go from this amazing musical oh <laughs> to this American Idol branded <laughs> monstrosity yeah, horror show <laughs> horror yeah. show um the only reason we want to mention this is because it won the golden raspberry award 
for worst musical of our first 25 years in 2005. <laughs> yeah. So it was that bad, you guys. Jeez. That's 20, how bad it was. 25 years of raspberries, and this yeah. one is the worst. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. yeah. Go like see to, it. No, I'm just How'd you like to go on stage and accept that award? <laughs> no. <Yeah>. Anyway. <laughs> okay. <laughs> moving on. So moving on from that, we have the Phantom of the Opera. So you can kind of see in the early 2000s, there was a little bit of a revival of movie musicals. Yeah. And we're, we've got this one composed by Andrew Lloyd Webber, of course. Mm-hmm. And uh, The Phantom of the Opera is an incredibly popular musical. I believe it is the longest running Broadway musical. Yep. Yep. Yeah, so it is the, the longest running Broadway show of all time, and its first performance was in 1986. It was actually based on a newspaper serial by a French writer, and I'm probably going to, you know, butcher his name, but Gaston Leroux in 1909 to, like, 1910, which then was converted to a novel a year later. So this particular one uh, has received a little bit of criticism because, (laughs) you know... The Phantom's sexy. Phantom is very sexy. (laughs) He's Gerard Butler. Yeah, Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And part of that is because... They've kind of lessened the disfiguration. It's not like as bad, and the mask is more stylized. It's it's yeah. just yeah. being the Phantom's like almost cool. Yeah, I showed this movie to Jacob, my husband. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it, he did not react the way I thought he did. He would. We watched it, and he was like, "I want to be the Phantom. Can I be the Phantom? <laughs> I love him. I want to be that guy." Can I live under an opera house and get paid for it? <laughs> I want to be him. And I, I I, was like, oh, okay. <laughs> That's not supposed to be how it goes. <laughs> so this is the kind of movie that looks really cool. And it, it is pretty fun to watch. Mm-hmm. And But it is more recommended to actually see the stage play mm-hmm. versus this movie. But this movie is a fun little stand-in, you know. Yeah. I mean, we can't all afford to go see Broadway plays. Yeah, you know? we can't. The tickets are right outrageous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even if they come to Lake Columbus, they're still yeah. crazy. Mm-hmm. it's still a lot of money. So it, the song we included was The Phantom of the Opera. Adam, had you heard this song before? I had not. It's got a weird, like, instrumentation to it where it's got, like, keyboards and guitars and stuff. It's like, all right, that's not an opera thing. But it worked, and and visually really cool them on the boat going under the catacombs Mm -hmm. of the opera house and Mm -hmm. where his lair is with all the candles and stuff. And and the the woman's part, I don't know her name. I think Emily Rossum is her name. Mm -hmm. Okay. She she's does an amazing job. She's a very good singer. And then she hits the real high note at the end and it's like really impressive. Yeah. (laughs) Like incredibly impressive. So it's it's a really great song with a little bit of guitar in the background. Yes, background. it's a rock opera. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Yeah. So yes, Phantom of the Opera. Go, I mean, go see it, guys, or mm-hmm. just watch the movie. Anyway, <laughs> so the next movie we have on our list is another example of a movie that people who love this play weren't exactly thrilled with the movie, and it. I think it's a good movie to watch it if you can't afford to see the play. But it's not, like, the best. You know, obviously seeing the play is probably the better thing to do. Mm-hmm. It's Rent from 2005. Yeah. So, Rent, we're just going to talk about it very quickly. Um, in 2005, this movie came out, but it's based off of a play that takes place in the 90s. And uh, one of the things that is very prominent in this play is HIV-AIDS epidemic which, mm-hmm. you know, plagues this group of starving artists in New York, and they can't afford to pay their rent. 
the movie is about selling out or, you know, or not selling out, you know, living on the street, trying to follow your dreams. It's it's a very real <laughs> a kind lot of Yeah, we can all relate very yes. realistically to it. Yes. And the thing is about the AIDS epidemic in this time period, you know, we talked about Howard Ashman, who died before Beauty and the Beast. You know, mm-hmm. he was able to see Beauty and the Beast yeah. because of HIV. Same thing with uh, the director of, I believe, Gypsy. He wasn't able to actually see the movie because, <sighs> you know, he died yeah. right before it was released, too. So it is. And, and that's also in the early 90s. And th- that was something that was a very big, important thing. And it was great that they made a musical about it. So that's what Rent is about. And it, I highly suggest it. There are a lot of great songs. One of them is La Vie Bohème, which... What did you think of Adam? I I thought it was great. Um, I love all of the different parts, all of the different uh, characters singing their own parts, and it just being this like weird performance in a restaurant or wherever they are, and all the other people are like, "All right," <laughs> but then at the end they were like, "Yay!" because it was it was it's really good. Yeah. Um, I love how it tells all the little stories of all of the like different couples in the group, you know. Idina Menzel's in there. She's yeah. always great. Um, and then the the main character, they show <laughs> there's this there's this long shot of all the couples like hugging and kissing and being all friends. And then he's just in the middle dancing. He's like, yeah, I'm still <laughs> rocking him by itself. <laughs> like, whatever, so. man. I'm not a third wheel or whatever. I love it. Yeah. I love that shot. It's beautiful. It's like this nice little snapshot. Because that's how you feel sometimes, right? In mm-hmm. your own life. Mm-hmm. There, I've definitely felt that way before. When everything seems to be going fine. Mm-hmm. Everybody's okay. And everything's all right. And, and not don't have a lot to worry about at this exact moment. You know, when you look around, you're like, oh, God, how long will it be this way? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what that shot is. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Yeah. So, moving on from Rent. Dream Girls, 2006. Yes. I love this film. Right. This is a good one. Yeah. <laughs> I remember when this one was being advertised. It was everywhere. Yes. Adapted from the 1981 Broadway musical, this is a work of fiction, but heavily influenced by the life of the Supremes, a Motown Records group. Mm-hmm. In And it's set in Detroit in the 1960s and 70s. So it documents the rise of R&B music the history, its evolution, and it stars Beyonce, Anika Nani Rose, Jennifer Hudson, Eddie Murphy, and Jamie Foxx. Wow. Wonderful cast. A lot of people. Star-studded. A lot of really well-known people. So, basically, the song that we have on this list is And I Am Telling You I'm Not Going. I do want to say, it does remind me a little bit of Rose's turn from Gypsy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I'm not saying that the songs are similar. No. I'm just saying, you know, just what being, they're going through at being that time. on the stage alone mm-hmm. in a room, kind of having a little bit of a breakdown, but still being able, the actress being able to totally hold it together while acting like you're losing your mind. Mm-hmm. A very, very hard thing to do. Yes. And it immediately, I have not seen this movie, but it immediately made me think that Jamie Foxx's character is an asshole. (laughs) Like, what are you doing? Look at this woman. She's beautiful. She's amazing. She's super incredibly talented. Yeah. Why are you leaving? (laughs) What are you doing? (laughs) What's wrong with you? you? Yeah. Um, It's an amazing song. She belts out this beautiful, like, masterpiece of a song. It's It's an incredible ballad of like i don't know determination and like power and like 
um, stubbornness. Yes. I don't know. Yeah. But yet, like you said, still having this yeah. little bit of a breakdown and being able to hold it together, still have these incredible notes that she can hit these these big finish notes you know yeah it's, a, it's an amazing song man it's it's really beautiful because when you think about how you haven't seen the film Mm-mm. but you're seeing this really obviously very strong woman who doesn't even understand how strong she really is mm-hmm. and it's this moment where you know she just desperately wants to be loved that's all she wants mm-hmm. she wants him to love her mm-hmm. she doesn't want to leave she, you know, she's she's still seeking the approval of other people when she shouldn't be. Yeah. And it, it's this absolutely powerful song, and she's in this very <coughs> upsetting, broken, you know, horrible, you know, borderline. Oh, actually, I think he might abuse her a little bit. Relationship, this this abusive thing that's going on, and then how tough it can be to be in that position. It's a very beautiful song. It's mm-hmm. very well written, mm-hmm. and uh, she acts it perfectly. Right, and the the way they shoot it is very awesome too. They're yeah. both on stage to begin with, and it's all lit up and everything. But at, when he, when Jimmy Fox's character leaves, yeah, she slowly is like backing off the stage, and the lights are turning off, and then it's just a yeah. light on her, and then yes, you know, and all the mirrors behind her yeah. reflecting yeah. her, yeah. And you know, as she's saying in the song, and you, and she's pointing out to the audience, and you are gonna love me, but there's no one there. Mm-hmm. She's still she's still singing out to other people, but they're not there. They're mm-hmm. not listening yeah. to her. And it, this is you know when does it become a song for other people or a song for herself? Mm-hmm. And that's, it's absolutely a wonderful scene. Yeah. yeah. Powerful imagery. And if, and if the rest of the movie is anything like that, then it's an amazing movie. And I totally understand why it was <laughs> such a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that's dream girls. <laughs> uh, the next song, or I'm sorry, the next musical we have on our list is high school musical. Okay. And the musical after that is Sweetie Todd. <laughs> <laughs> We'll just briefly mention that we will talk about High School Musical in another episode. We, we do plan on doing another episode where we include High School Musical. We'll go into depth. We did put it on our list because this musical, it was kind of a big deal when it mm-hmm. came out. It it, it was pr- pretty influential Yeah, mm-hmm. when it came out. And I remember everybody our age loved it mm-hmm. when it came out. It was out. big. It, it doesn't quite hold up anymore, mm-hmm. at least in our view. But at the time, I mean, it. that's what it was. That's what yeah. early 2000s was. Yeah, and it's definitely important to acknowledge how popular this was. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. we didn't, I didn't have cable when this came out. Mm-hmm. And my little sister Becky uh, came home from school and she was in tears because all of her friends had seen High School Musical and she hadn't Aww. seen it yet because we didn't have cable. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we had to find a way to watch it. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was a huge deal. It spawned two sequels, and the, mm-hmm. the third one made it to the theater. So Yeah, because I'll admit, I was excited to see it, too, because I was like, well, all these other people like yeah, it. Like, I can't I mean, wait to see that movie. I'll watch it. Yeah. I was like, it's okay. I mean, I'll like but yeah. anyway, we will go further into that one yes. in another episode. So, Sweeney Todd, The Demon Barber of Fleet Street, Ooh. 2007. Oh, yeah. This one is known for being the bloodiest musical in stage history. Yikes. And now it's actually the bloodiest musical in film history. And it it first came to stage in 1979. And it's based on a 1973 play called Sweeney Todd, the Demon Barber of Fleet Street by Christopher Bond. In the story, they basically show a cruel imbalance of capitalism. Yeah. Because this character... 
Sweeney Todd has been wronged by this rich man who destroyed his family. He, uh, you know, he got put in prison, and when he comes back, he finds out that his wife has passed away, and the gentleman that put him in prison now has his daughter as his ward. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah, not cool. And apparently intends to marry her which is Yuck. even worse now i just makes... want to stop and say ick yeah <laughs> going. it makes a lot <laughs> thank you just get a clean one <laughs> ick um, <laughs> that makes a lot more sense now hearing that mm-hmm. with the song mm-hmm. yes that's on the playlist yeah the song we put on the playlist was pretty women sung by Alan Rickman. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I hate him in this, but yes. like, I love Alan Rickman. In yeah, general. he's he was wonderful, and um, and of course Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp, of and, course. Oh, yes. Yes. Again, <laughs> I absolutely love this scene because of the suspense. Yes. Mm-hmm. All that tension when he has the the razor to his throat. Mm-hmm. At the beginning, he goes in, and you don't know really what what they're gonna do. But then he's like, "I think I'll have a shave," and you're like, "Oh." No, <laughs> you've made <Shit>. a mistake. <laughs> um, yeah, it's great because he puts the blade up to him like a bunch of times and you don't know what he's going to do. Yeah. He, yeah, 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 because you think he's going to slice him and then and he, get, comes, he starts comes. singing this like sweeter part of yes. the song, a sweeter melody. And it's so like, oh, it gets so close okay. at times and yeah. it just, oh, <laughs> chilling mm-hmm. and oh, so good. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Absolutely. This is something, it's on Netflix right now if anybody wants to watch yes. it. And we highly recommend this musical. Mm-hmm. It's a C- Stephen Sondheim, which we're going to talk a bo- little bit more about him as we go down yeah. through this list. So nice. we better keep going. Okay, our next one is Hairspray from 2007. Now it's pretty much a tradition that Edna Turnblad, Tracy's mother, is played by a man, even though she's a woman. And that happened because John Waters, in his 80s film... Hairspray cast Divine, also known as Harris Milstead, who uh, his drag. So Harris Milstead's drag personality was Divine, and so he was cast in the '80s film. And then for the Broadway version, John Waters also was he, he gave his blessing for Harvey Fierstein to play Edna in that, even though it's not a rule. It's now become tradition. Yeah, I right. don't think I've seen a version of Hairspray where it wasn't played by a man. Yeah. So the one that we're talking about is from 2007. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so this one, John Travolta takes on that role. Yes. And does a pretty good job, I think. Yeah. yeah. This movie is very colorful. It's special. I love it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I think oh, it's yeah. a great. It, I think it's a great adaptation. I think so too. Yeah. There's a lot of gr- great actors in it. Amanda Bynes is in it. That's fun. Yeah. yeah. Like we mentioned, John Travolta. Mm-hmm. We also, you know, uh, Queen Latifah is in this movie. Yeah. There's, um, oh my goodness, J- James Marsden. James Marsden. Yeah. Is it Christopher Walken? Christopher Walken. That's yeah. right. And Zach yes. Efron. It's Zach Efron. Huh? And makes an of course, here. Penny's mother too. Um, oh, Allison Janney. Allison Janney. There we go. Nice. So, yes. So there's a lot. Yeah. Good job, <laughs> Mars. Yeah. So there are a lot of people in this movie. Adam, have you ever seen it? Not this version. <laughs> You've seen the play. I have seen the play. Um, Very similar to this movie. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, I actually, in high school, when we, when our high school put the play on. 
uh, I was in the the band that playing the music. Um, so the music is ingrained into my head <laughs> yeah. because I had to learn how to play it. So I've heard all the songs multiple, multiple times. Right. But I've never seen this version, but it looks goofy and hilarious and mm-hmm. very yeah. good. Uh, the song we included on the playlist is You Can't Stop the Beat, yes. which is the the quite literally a showstopper. It's, yes, the, it's the final it's the song final yep. in Hairspray, and it's <laughs> awesome. This is a scene in the movie where the Corny Collins show, which is essentially American Bandstand in the Hairspray mm-hmm. universe, is finally integrated. I love this song. And I love the name of it. You can't stop the beat, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can't. It, you can't stop it. Everything's changing, and there's nothing you can do about it. Yep. <laughs> Just roll with it. Yeah. Yep. It's wonderful, but then it does eventually stop because the movie's over. <laughs> the I love the scene where she just comes in and immediately the uppity worst person is, oh, yes. is taken aback. Michelle like, Pfeiffer is also in oh, this yes. movie. Ah. <laughs> Duh, that's she even right. has her They're own just big like, song. Immediately yeah. like, who does she think she is coming into my yes. perfect world? And it's like, you can't stop this. Get out of you here. You can't <laughs> stop the beat. And it's wonderful. Yeah. So that's the last one of the early 2000s, and, or just like the 2000s. Mm-hmm. And we're heading into the 2010s. This is the last decade we're going to talk about movie musicals, guys. You yeah. Said. We can't go any further. <laughs> So the first, we're going to really kind of, these movies came out within the last 10 years. Mm -hmm. And so I don't think we have to spend a whole lot of time discussing them. Everybody knows these. Yeah, people know these movies. So we're just going to kind of glaze over these. It's not going to take very long. Mm -hmm. And the first one we're going to talk about is Les Miserables, or just Les Mis. Some people call it that. The song we included was Do You Hear the People Sing? All the soundtracks for this for this musical are on Spotify. They're available. Mm-hmm. There, there's the London cast, the Broadway cast, and the movie. It's, <laughs> it's very beautiful. good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so anyway, Les Mis is set on the backdrop of the French Revolution. It follows mm-hmm. the stories of lots of different people in this time period. <laughs> it follows Jean Valjean, a man who was who spent 19 years in prison for stealing a loaf of bread. Seems extreme, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> Fontaine, a woman who is cast out for having a child out of wedlock mm-hmm. and is forced to go into prostitution to try to support her child. Oh my. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a heavy one. It's a heavy, yeah. heavy musical. And it's based off of a Victor Hugo novel. What do you yeah. think of, what'd you think of, do you hear the people sing? Uh, it was cool. Um, seeing all of the people. I, I didn't know that it was a French Revolution musical until this. But it's yeah. easily you can easily tell that it is just from this song. I love how it starts out like so like kind of quiet mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. like and then it just slowly gets like louder and louder and that's um, oh it's just so beautiful and just like so smooth. Mm-hmm. So smooth. And you know, one thing about this movie was they had the people in the musical actually singing as they as they were recording it see mm-hmm. it wasn't like they recorded it somewhere else and then dubbed it over this what you're hearing in the soundtrack is them just singing for the camera with the mics they were performing oh. it on oh, the sets cool. and yeah i did not know that that's amazing yeah okay. so that was it was kind of a big deal some people were not thrilled with russell crowe as javert um i've seen lots of memes about it <laughs> <laughs> but otherwise this did pretty well critically and it was pretty pretty successful i'd yeah. say the next on our list we have is into the woods which is another sondheim 
Hey! Yeah. Uh-huh. Making his way back. This came out in 2014. It starred Emily Blunt and James Corden mm-hmm. as the baker and the baker's wife. Yes. This one is based around the Grimm brothers' stories, their folklore. Yeah. Um, and... It's a twist on it, though. Right. They, like, twist all the it's stories. all the fairy tales existing in the same universe kind of affecting each other's stories. Okay. And the central part of everybody's story, everybody's story includes going into the woods. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty cool. It's really good. I, I love it. It's, mm-hmm. it's really fun. Really fun musical. If you can't afford to go see a play, then, this is pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Meryl Streep is also in this one. She yes. plays the witch. Neat. Things ensue. Yes. Right. So the song we included was uh, Giants in the Sky. There are giants in the sky. Very cool. Uh, seems like a very difficult song. Um, <laughs> the, the kid does a very good job while also climbing a tree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which I imagine would be difficult as well. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. I, I'd like to see this movie because it sounds cool. I'm always into the fantasy stuff and... Yeah. If it's if it deals with weird twists on recognizable fairy tales, I'm yeah. I'm all in on that. Yeah, so cool. It has Rapunzel in there too. Nice. Yes. Didn't Which they um, Rapunzel in the stage play. Fun fact: dies in the play. <gasps> she is the daughter of the of the witch. She's the daughter of the witch. Oh, okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. and she dies. And in the Disney uh, film adaptation, they did not kill her. Because yeah. they were afraid that children would see the movie and think that that was their Rapunzel from the movie Tangled Uh-oh. that got killed, and they didn't yeah. want that to happen. Right. Uh, we're going to move on from that to uh, now we are into 2016, mm-hmm. and we're going to talk about La La Land. Yeah, everybody now, remembers this one. Yeah, I don't even <laughs> think we have to really say anything about La La Land yeah, very much. not much. It didn't win Best Picture. No. <laughs> Oops. Mm. (laughs) anyway i'm okay with that (laughs) i was not happy with the ending i just want to go on record (gasps) saying that spoilers la la land is a very interesting original movie musical Mm -hmm. that is essentially a love letter to the class to the golden era of film Mm -hmm. and the golden era of, of film musicals it's heavily inspired by singing in the rain yes and many other musicals of that time period Mm hmm I can tell you there's a little bit of Bye Bye Birdie in there. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit. You can see just even just movies. There's, you know, it's crazy. Uh, yeah. Rebel Without a Cause. There there's so many movie references in, in yeah. La La Land. They just it's, relish in, in it's it. It's nuts. Yeah. It's crazy. You could call it the Ready Player One of musicals. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. That's a good that's, way to put it. That's a good way to put it, yeah. yeah. So La La Land was nominated for a lot of Oscars. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it, and it won a few. I believe the song City of Stars won Best Song. Oh, yes, I think it did, yeah. Yeah. Man. Sung by Ryan Gosling in the film. The, the mm-hmm. film starred Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone. Yes, a power couple yeah. in the film world. <laughs> yeah. So, and Marcy was unhappy with the ending. I was very unhappy. I, I, I don't know if you guys can guess how it ended if you haven't seen it. I'm but... going to need you to tell me once we're done recording. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> So that's La La Land, an important movie musical because mm-hmm. it, to, I mean, I don't want to give yeah. it so much credit as to say that it revived movie musicals, but mm-hmm. it really kind of did. I mean, yeah. it it, got, it it struck up interest in attention to original again. movie musicals. Yeah, they didn't necessarily go away, but with this one, it really kind of got people's attention yeah. back on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And because of that attention, we're able to, we, we, we got another original movie musical a couple, just one year later, The Greatest Showman. Mm-hmm. It's about P.T. Barnum, the, uh, the name from Barnum and Bailey Circuses. And um, it's the basically the story of how it came to be, you know, uh, starting from kind of nothing and having no idea what to do, but always wanting to entertain, that kind of thing, and coming up with this this idea um and then he he gets the idea of showing just oddities and weird things and people call it oh it's an absolute circus in there yeah. he's like i like that i like that name and then there's a lot of I'm moments go- like that in the yeah, movie, yeah i'm gonna call it a circus yeah <laughs> which is pretty which is pretty funny so you know it's the it, and then it ends up be, you know the the real life story of it isn't as happy and <laughs> uplifting it's more of like based on the spirit of the circus yeah, right the grandiose right yeah. yeah and and with the 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 characters who are the i guess the oddities of the circus you know the bearded lady the the 10 mm-hmm. foot man and the mm-hmm. the you know the trapeze artists and stuff right. like so that it like there was an albino woman yes yes and, yeah. they yeah. they all they all have this this moment of not being afraid to be seen for what they are, that kind of thing. So it's, and that's what the song that's on the playlist is about. Um, this is me. Hmm. The Greatest Showman. It's kind of a love letter to just performance art in general. The idea is that everybody is accepted. It's it's the kind you know, and that's kind of what The Greatest Showman is kind of playing on. You know, that idea that this there's finally something for people who never had a place before. Is that what the circus was like? No. But, you know, honestly, that's fine. <laughs> they, they used the circus as a way to do, yeah. to tell this story. Right. I mean, because the circus was a place for people that didn't have anywhere else to go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They needed a job. Yes. Yeah, a lot of times, were, yeah. yeah, a lot of times in other movies and stories, you hear about people running away to the circus. And then I think, you know, from that, we have Mary Poppins Returns in 2018, which came out last year. Mm -hmm. That was nominated for a few Oscars. Mm -hmm. Emily Blunt played the role of Mary Poppins. Lin-Manuel Miranda was in this movie as well. Mm -hmm. And it is a sequel to the original Mary Poppins. The Banks children have grown up, and she returns, as as the title says, she returns to play nanny for uh, Michael Banks' children. Who have just lost their mother. Oh. Um, I'd like to say that I'm glad they did that instead of just rebooting. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I thought when they when they originally announced they were going to do something with Mary Poppins, I thought, oh no, they're just going to do the movie over again. Yeah. But they did something a little bit different. It continues on. That's good. I'm glad. I'm happy for that yeah. at least. More about continuing the tradition uh-huh. than retrying to remake it. Uh huh. And um, props to what's her name again? Emily Blunt. Emily Blunt. Thank you. Props to her for pulling off a very difficult part, a very, very mm-hmm. big shoes to fit, <laughs> yeah. um, to play the role of Mary Poppins, who, yeah. you know, obviously... Ju- yeah, Julie Andrews, right. when they asked her to, to play a cameo in the movie, she turned it down. She said no. And she said, because this is not my movie, this is Emily's movie, and I'm not going to show up when she's the one Just who deserves to take the spotlight yeah. from her that's very nice of her cuz it would have everybody mm-hmm. would have said oh look there she is there's, there's the two, real there's the Mary real Poppins, Mary Poppins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah it would have taken you out of thinking that that's, Emily Blunt was that's very nice Mary because yes. she did a very very good job yeah mm-hmm. so the song that we 
put on the list was The Place Where Last Things Go. This was nominated for an Oscar. I don't believe it won. Actually, that's right. It did not win um, because Shallow won this year. So uh, uh, The Place Where Last Things Go was nominated, and it's a very sad song. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, then, it's a very beautiful song. So that kind of concludes our musicals. We did it. Yeah. So thank you so much for sticking through. This is our third episode in June Tunes. We'll be back next week with another one, the final episode. We won't tell you what it's about yet. Boo-boo. Anyway. (laughs) You got to come back. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. (laughs) So please follow us on Twitter at Black Case Diary, on uh, Instagram at Black Case Diaries Podcast. Also, we have a website, blackcasediaries.com. Yeah. And yeah, uh, tweet at us. Uh, yep go to the go to the website to find the blog post that'll mm-hmm. have the uh all of the a lot more info about these m- musicals yes or just a recap of what we talked yeah. about Wa- go to youtube watch the playlist <coughs> make a playlist on spotify yeah listen to those other things that we said to listen to yeah yeah it'll be great and uh sign up for the newsletter too yes please yeah yes sign up for the newsletter and you know we've got merch you can buy if you want mm-hmm. and uh yeah some really cool t-shirts yeah mm-hmm. pretty sweet designs let so, us know if you want anything else, though. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah, just you know, tweet at us. We're friendly. We really yeah. are. So, all right. Well, goodbye. Bye. Thanks, guys, for listening. See you. See you.